When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Moneymaker, the podcast that gives you the tools to enrich your life in every sense of the word. I'm your host, Nelly Galan. Let's get started. Okay, so let's talk about money. The goal is to make money. We've talked a lot about mission and money. I meet so many of you, you tell me on the road, oh, I want to start a nonprofit. I want to save the world. And I go, are you rich? If you're not rich, you cannot save anyone until you save yourself first or you're a wounded healer. So I want to ask you, isn't our goal, it's, I mean, I know that especially those of us that are multicultural, we think it's like bad, like people that make money, somehow they're bad, or it must be a religious thing for us or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, it's not bad to create something and do it well and do it in a masterful way and be abundant and be able to bring that abundance back into your family and into your community. So I really want to ground us in what making money is all about so we can understand the importance of it. It's really creating, first and foremost, an abundant life for your family. The feeling of ownership, that you are in charge of your money and you can decide what to do with it. That's what it makes you feel like. And the sense of pride that you are in business or that you've created a business in order for your family to have more. That is what grounds us in doing the sacrifices, the long-term gratification that a business is because I don't want any of you to start a business thinking that this is an overnight thing. It's just not. Nothing that is great in life comes quickly. I mean, there are some times that you fluke, you win the lottery, the first time out of bat you have beginner's luck and something happens, but believe me, you will have to go back and pay your dues. There is no shortcut in life. This is a journey of mastery. This is a journey of learning how to do something really well. And what it makes you feel like inside is that you can do it no, no matter what happens in the world. If there was a world war, if you had to move to another country, you could do it all over again. Those of us that are immigrants understand this really well. We are uniquely qualified to be entrepreneurs because we've come from places where bad things have happened. And we know that it's not the end of the world. It's hard, but it's not gonna break us. And that is what self-made is about. Nothing is gonna break us. When you are becoming self-made, you are building for, for future generations, and you're helping your community. By being an example, by being someone who is complete, who's whole, who's financially solvent, you are creating an incredible legacy for generations to come in your own family and in your own community. Whatever community you come from, you're a role model so people can see that it's possible, that you can be a good person, and you can be an honest person, and you can still make money and be abundant. So. You know, I think it's important for you to share your intentions with your family that this money is to be able to pay for college for your kids, for a family vacation, to own your home, not to own a mortgage, but to be able to actually pay off your home, which is I know is a goal for most of us. I think it's important to talk to your kids, get them involved in your mission and your vision for your life so that they can share with you a bigger vision and mission for themselves and that they feel part of it. 
that they know that they're going to learn with you. They're going to be on the road with you to becoming self-made. Money is there not to make you happy because nothing makes you happy except yourself. And for me, I think happiness comes from growing all the time and being committed to growing and to knowing that life is an obstacle course and bad things happen to good people. But it's okay. It's not going to break you. You can get back on the horse. You can keep going and then good things come. Everything passes in life. Good things pass and bad things pass. And so you have to know that if you keep on the track, good things are going to happen. And money, what it does is buy you freedom. What it does is buy you choices to not put up with things that are not so good, to, to not have to do things that really aren't congruent with you. But that takes time. And so that, that money is an important foundation for all the other things that come in your life. So with self-made, so many of you say to me, you know, I, I really hate math. I hate money. I hate this. It's because nobody, nobody's taught it to you in a way like I've learned it from a tutor because I didn't know I hated math too. Um, I found Ophelia, this woman. Ophelia, if you're watching this, contact me. I've been trying to find you all these years. Um, a Cuban woman in New Jersey who was my tutor and taught me how to read financials and taught me that it was fun. And I hope I can do a little bit of that for you. Managing your money should not be drudgery. It should be fun. It should be something that you watch grow, something that you get excited about. And you know, one of the ways to manage your money is you have to collect money. You know, the, the most amount of businesses that I see go under, nonprofits that go under, and people that go under are people that have receivables. Receivables are money that is owed to you, whether it's from the telephone company, from, you know, if you rented an apartment and you had a deposit, or whether it's you know, from money that you've earned that you haven't sent out the bill and you haven't collected the money. So most people, I find that when you even say that to them and say, before you start this exercise in your home, go find money in your home. Are there credit cards in your home? Those credit cards that you get in the mail that have money in them, reimbursements. Do you have gift cards that you haven't used? What is all the money in your life that you haven't collected that's sitting around? That is a great lesson to just even try it in your own home, to think if you were a business, imagine if all that money wasn't collected. Well, a lot of people don't collect money. Les da pena, they're embarrassed. They, they're, they're embarrassed to ask for it. I love the word in Spanish, les da pena, because it's almost like a shameful thing to collect money. Well, you must collect money. That's the number one thing you have to learn. And I say here, receivables in your business are your revenue, right? A receivable is what is owed to you. It could be in contracts. It could be in bills. It could be in payments that are owed to you. And most businesses go out of business because they're too embarrassed to call people up and say, you're 30 days overdue on your payment. And then you can't run your own business because you can't. How much more can you put into the business if you're not collecting the money? So going back to the goal, which is to make a business actually make money. Your number one goal is to collect, to collect. I'm going to say it a hundred times. And that means if you're very uncomfortable with that, if you don't like conflict, I tell my son every day, you know what? We all have to get comfortable with conflict. I think we all think, oh, but we have to be nice. He oh, no, is that bad? Again, we're embarrassed. We don't want to upset someone. You know, life and business, conflict has to be part of our life. And it doesn't mean that you're a jerk. It doesn't mean that you yell at people. You just have to be... You have to, you know, you have to demand respect. And so that means 
you know what? That money's owed to me. You really need to send me that money. There's a way to say things without being, you know, a jerk, but you better cultivate that. And if you can't, you better have someone in your company that can do it. Because guaranteed, if you don't deal with conflict and receivables is the number one conflict in your business, you're not going to make it. So obviously, those of us that are in the shared economy, where people pay you through PayPal immediately or through their credit card or whatever, um, you probably should stay in that kind of business if you don't like conflict. Because people can't acquire your services or your goods without paying you in that moment. But if you're in the kind of business that bills people for your business, you've got to be tough. Let's keep going. Numbers. Your books. Remember we've talked about accounting, the importance of accounting, of bookkeeping, of QuickBooks, of a CPA. Your books every week, if I've told you to be mindful that every week you need to look at where you are, how much is the money in and how much is the money out. If we're, if we're talking in accounting terms, it's really your cash balance, right? How much cash do you have? And then on an ongoing basis, what's your profit and loss? What is, what's it looking like? Are you doing well or not? We can't lie to ourselves. First of all, math doesn't lie. Your books don't lie. Your wife may lie to you. Your boyfriend may lie to you. Everybody could lie to you. Business people, your books don't lie to you. So that's your best friend in life. They're telling you the truth. They're going, hey, you're doing bad. You're doing good. You're wasting money. And maybe you don't have to share that information with other people, but you have to be honest with yourself because you have to get to know your numbers. You have to read them and understand them. You have to look at your financials every day. Like, no big deal. Not like it's a chore. Like, oh, you should look at it like you're high. Like, oh, I got more money. Like, it's exciting. And you also, because you understand how receivables are, you try to pay your bills in a, in a way that's also, you know, that, that has compassion for the vendors that you work with. Because think about them as wanting receivables as well. So imagine if you don't collect receivables, you create a cycle of problems because you're not collecting your money and then you don't have the money to pay the next guy. It's very important that you not only collect the money, but then you pay the vendors that work for you in a timely fashion because they're maybe even a smaller company than you and for them it's really painful to not be paid. So it is creating kind of a cycle of abundance. Abundance in that you're getting the money, that you're demanding the money, that you demand that respect and it works. And that you also give that respect to the person that you pay, to your employees, to your vendors. And so you create a cycle of abundance. So let's talk about the math in your books. So we talked about money in and money out. So money in is tracking your revenue, right? What is coming in? Receivables. You have to invoice immediately and collect your money. You also, if you're, if you're getting paid online, you have to make sure that the, that the service you provided, you have to check that that money came in for those services in, in a timely fashion. And, you know, I can't tell you how many people, um, for instance, that I see, including in my family, don't check their credit card bills. I find mistakes in my credit card bill all the time. So it's that double checking receipts against your bill, double checking that the money came in for the, for the, the service you put out. And that money and sitting in your account is the money you're going to use to invest in something, which we'll talk about later, 
to help your business grow. I've told you that the goal, our goal is to make money while we sleep, right? That there's some things we do in life that we don't pre perform services for, like real estate. You buy a property and that property is appreciating and someday you're gonna be able to sell it for so much more. That's making money while you sleep. Well, your business makes money while it sleeps too. If you have extra revenue that comes in and you have that profit that's sitting in your business before you take it out, you could invest it in a money market or in stocks or in buying a building. And that business should also be making money in a diversified way, which we'll talk about later, while you sleep. Money out. Money out is what you gotta watch like, a, like I mean, like, a, like incredibly, because it's cost of goods. You always have to be going, is there a way I can get that, those goods cheaper for my company? Do I buy in bigger bulk? Cost of labor, which is always the most money. Uh, do I really need this many people? Can I outsource some of this stuff? Cost of the space you're in, you always have to be watching. Am I paying too much for my rent? Do I need to move to a more you know, emerging neighborhood? Um, you have to know where you can cut costs and you have to know how you can increase profit margin. That is the key to a business. Cut costs, increase margins. So all of this comes from being really engrossed in your numbers. And I don't mean it's a full-time job seven days a week. It's not. It's kind of like something that, it's kind of really fun. It's just knowing what the money you have is and knowing what your value is in your business. How does your business make money while you sleep? Well, the money that's coming into your business, even if it's a 30-day period that you're not using the money, you, you invest the money by lowering your overhead, even buying a building. When the Small Business Administration has incredible loans, uh, if you're a taxpayer in America, there are incredible loans that the government, I mean, it gives you such a deal for you to buy your building. I can tell you from my own personal life, the buildings that my businesses have been in have made five times the money than my business. So sometimes the investment you make with the money of your business makes more money than the business itself. So, you know, I believe a lot in investing in real estate, particularly commercial real estate, particularly the building for your business, because that could end up being worth, at, like in my situation, five times what the, what the business is worth, which is kind of like sometimes like, oh my God, I should have done more of that. You can invest your business, your extra money in your business in stocks. Invest in other businesses. Look at other people that are vendors for you and invest in their business because you know you need them and maybe other people need what they do. And so you own a piece of other people's businesses while you run your business. And you keep saving more so that you can buy more inventory for your business, so you can invest more money back in your business. So this managing of the money, as you can see, is very important. Now so many of you, while I've been on the road, have said, how do I finance my business? I need money for my business. Well, first of all, be sure that you need money. Okay, because whether you borrow money, which I'm going to talk to you about, or whether you get investors in your business, you're giving something up. So make sure first that you're handling everything I just discussed really well, the receivables. Look, you know, do yourself an, an audit of your own finances or have someone do it for you. I do audits all the time and have someone else, a third party person catch where you're like kind of blowing money that instead of going and asking other people for money or borrowing money, you really have money sitting there that you haven't even used that you could be reinvesting in your business. 
But let's say you've done all that work and you still are like, okay, I just got a huge order for 10 times the shirts that I thought I was gonna sell and I, I can't even buy the fabric for that shirt, for instance. Well, the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna borrow money. You're not gonna go get investors. That's, that's only if you're in a very different place because if you really think you're gonna sell those shirts, you'd rather borrow the money for a short period of time and still own 100% of your business, right? Common sense. So the question you have to ask yourself is, what's going on in my business right now? Will I need to borrow money to expand? What will be the interest rate on the money I need to borrow? And long-term, am I gonna need investors? These are things that you're gonna think about pretty quickly once you get a few clients, because you're gonna see that you're gonna have money issues if you have to manufacture more, or if you have to hire more people, or if you have to market more, you may not have the cash to do all that while you're growing your business. So let's talk about how you're gonna go get the money. Borrow it. Let's be clear, borrowed money is not free. You have to pay it back, it's debt. You're incurring debt. You have got to be sure you can pay back that, back that debt. It's just like having you know, a college uh, loan. I think people in America are very, oh, let me go get a college loan. I mean, a college loan is the only loan you cannot default on for the rest of your life and even past your death. You are, your, your children and your grandchildren will have to pay that debt. Do you understand that? Debt is serious business, okay? But many, many, many of us cannot survive without debt. I've had debt many times. I've had to borrow money from a bank um, because I perform a service I don't get paid for 90 days or 120 days. I still have to pay the employees. I still have to pay everybody. And I've had a thing called a line of credit at a bank, which is kind of like they give you so much money that you can draw on and you have an interest rate on it. Just be clear, we're gonna talk about that because the minute you do that, you're gonna start paying a loan, okay? You can also borrow money from friends and family. I hate this option because I think that we get into trouble. We get into, you know, a lot of times I've loaned money that I've never gotten back and unless you are willing to never get the money back, sometimes you get into fights with family members or they get mad at you because they, you borrowed money from them. It is an option, but just know even parents get mad at children sometimes. You, I think it, it works if you really are committed to paying people back, whatever it takes. So we're gonna talk about that. So. Be sure that when you charge money for your services, if you have to borrow money because they, the, the, the people that, you, that are buying your services won't pay you for 120 days, that you include the interest rate in your cost that you pass on to the consumer that's buying from you. Because otherwise, what are you, are you just giving the money to the, to the bank for free and you're not getting paid back from anybody? So in a weird way, that customer is paying for that interest rate. And so it's very important because I want to be clear with you guys that money, that when you borrow money, it's, it's tough. You have to pay it back. Now, what if you think you're ready for investors? Investors are when you are in a, I think the best time to go to investors are when you are in a field like, let's say the internet, where you're getting a lot of eyeballs, right? And you've built up your business through social media and you have a lot of followers and that's worth something, but you're not gonna see cash from that for years to come. Um, because you, you, you need a lot of money to build that platform out to be able 
to make money off of it. That's a good time to get investors. And in, in the investor world, there are, there's venture capital, which are institutions that loan money to people, not loan, sorry, that invest in businesses and take a piece of your business. Angel investors, which are people that are, people like me, that are business owners that already have other businesses and are interested in other people's businesses and they invest little bits of money and are invested in a lot of, they diversify uh, their investment, which I think is a great idea. And then friends and family. I mean, if you have friends or family that really believe in you and believe in you long-term, they could invest in your business. I almost think that's better than borrowing from friends and family because at least they feel ownership in what you're doing. So let's tell you about each of these options. Investors get a piece of your company. That's called equity. When you give others equity, to be clear, you no longer own 100% of your company. So guess what? They're going to tell you what they think. And the best thing to do is to professionalize that and create a board, either an advisory board or a, board, a more serious financial board, depending on what you need. Uh, and, and those people, instead of having them be an annoyance, turn them into people that are invested in your success. Tell them your problems. Tell them, I need more revenue. How can you all help me? I need this. And I find that a lot of times your investors, if you turn them into a board, help you be successful. And that's a great way to go. Another way to get money for your business, and I talk a lot about this in my book, Self Made, and on my website, Becoming Self Made, and, and I talk about this a lot in my Adelante Movement website. Go after hidden money in America. There's a lot of money in the U.S. Small Business Administration. Money that you can borrow at a very low rate for your business, for your building. There's money at the Department of Commerce, the U.S. Department of Commerce. This is great for companies that are doing trade, that are, that are uh, importing and exporting. Lots of money, lots of grants, lots of loans, lots of opportunities. There are U.S. federal and state tax incentives. I've talked about this a lot. These are like coupons that help small businesses. So for instance, I bought my car with a 75% federal US tax incentive. That means that a car that was $100,000, I had a $75,000 tax break, which allowed me to buy the car. Basically, I paid $25,000 for the car. Every year in August, the government, in local states and in the federal government, put out tax incentives, which are coupons. You can buy for your business this equipment at this, you know, with, with, with this much money off. You can buy uh, turf because in, in California you, have, you haven't had rain. You can buy solar panels, whatever it is. You're crazy to buy anything from a washer, a dryer, a car, equipment, anything you need for your business or your home without every August checking US federal tax incentives and state tax incentives. Google it, you're not gonna believe more hidden money in America. In addition, supplier diversity. I'm, I've mentioned that the way that I went from being an employee to a business owner is I went and became a vendor for businesses that I had worked for previously. That is called supplier diversity. If you go online and Google supplier diversity, you will see almost every company in America has a, what they call a supplier diversity program where particularly women and minority owned businesses can apply for contracts in huge Fortune 500s. And those contracts immediately take you from like a very small business, a micro business, 
to a multi-million dollar business. I went from making no money in the East Village to having five or six or seven million dollars worth of contracts when I finally figured this out. So there is hidden money in America. I recommend you go after this as well at the same time. Before you go into debt, before you give away equity, look for the hidden money in America. There are also in today's world alternative sources of capital, crowdfunding. I cannot tell you how many people put their ideas up on Kickstarter or there's so many other crowdfunding places and they get funded and you don't have to pay that money back and you, you sometimes can say to people, you get, you get to come to the opening of my movie or the opening of my store. People in America in small amounts of money are willing to invest in people. I mean, that's an incredible, incredible thing that's happened in the last five years. It's amazing. Contests. All these nonprofits in America in the entrepreneurship space, from chambers of commerce to huge corporations, Dell, Microsoft, Apple, uh, universities have contests in entrepreneurship. I, I saw one this morning, I couldn't believe it, where they, you, you apply for it and you say what your business is and you can win from $50,000 to a million or $2 million that you don't have to pay back. And so people tell me there's no money out there. Are you kidding me? There's so much money out there. You have to hunt for it. Hunt. You can't, nothing's going to come to you on a silver platter. Go get it. You live in the great, I mean, with all the problems we have in this country, the greatest country in the world, the greatest resources, go get them. Hunt them down, ladies. Another resource that I personally love because it comes from my industry is reality TV. I don't think people realize that when you go on Shark Tank, when you go on MasterChef, the amount of marketing that you are getting for yourself and for your business, it doesn't matter if you win the contest or don't win the contest, you will get so many opportunities. So many people will call you wanting to invest in you. You know, many of you know that I was on Celebrity Apprentice and I went on that show kicking and screaming because I was like, I'm a, I'm a behind the scenes person, I'm not a celebrity. And you know, the president of NBC said to me, why don't you just say thank you that we've offered you that opportunity? I'm like, He's right. And I went on that show and it literally changed my life because you become the spokesperson for your company and your brand. And that brings you stuff. So I think reality TV is another great alternative source of getting capital and marketing for your business. And in this part of it, you have to be very clear in the reality TV part of it. You have to be really clear and say, I'm a chef. I'm going to go apply to master chef. I am an entrepreneur that has a product. I'm going to go on Shark Tank. I'm going to go on one of the many other shows and put my business out there, declare my business, make sure I get publicity like nothing else from my business, which is going to bring me sources of revenue. One of the big questions you all have asked me on the road is, what if I borrow money and I can't pay it back? That's a good question. You're not going to like my answer. Too bad, tough. You got to pay it back. Because, you know, I've borrowed money at different times in my life. Imagine if I didn't pay it back. Would any of those people keep giving me money? Would the word not get out? Um, you know, we, we know that in America, a lot of people apply for bankruptcy and they get through it and, you know, whatever. It, it, to me, that doesn't exist in my realm of thinking. And I know so, I, I'm an immigrant, so I know other immigrants think the same way. It's like, I don't think you should. I mean, that has to be that you are so desperate that you apply for bankruptcy, because that means for seven years, you're shot. 
So to me, I feel like be mindful of borrowing money. If you bar if it were me and I borrow money, I don't care if I have to work four jobs to pay people back, I would pay them back. Because that is where you're gonna go back to the well and ask for money again. And if you don't pay people back, you're gonna have problems with your family, with your investors, with everybody. So that's why make sure that that choice is very clear to you. If you go get investors and they're a venture firm and it's institutional money and they invest in a lot of people and sometimes it doesn't go well, I'm not saying not to go into it thinking that, but in a way that might be a better choice and give away a piece of your company because for me, like for me, the way I was raised, I have to pay people back. So think about that. What's more comfortable for you? So people have asked me, what are tips on paying people money back? Well, you have to work out a new payment schedule with them. So you're not going to pay them back all at once. You say, I might pay you back over 10 years. It doesn't matter, but pay them back. Lower your overhead so you can pay them back quicker and, and you know, get, get another job and earn money to pay it back. But this is a good thing to think about in your choices of, do I borrow money? Do I go get uh, somebody to invest in my company? Or do I go after the hidden money in America? If I'm one of those people that, like me, that I can't not pay people back, then maybe that's not the best choice to borrow money. What happens if you have an investor and the investor is a bad person in your mind or you don't like them and you want them out? That's a good question. You have to make a contract that is like a prenup that says, if you want out of this business or if I want out of this business, you are going to pay me or I'm going to pay you X to buy you out. And I can tell you because I myself have made this mistake. So I did a business with a person early in my life and I didn't have a prenup. I didn't have a contract. Uh, so I've, listen, I, everything I'm telling you, I've made every mistake in the book. Okay. That's why I can tell you this. And when I realized that the business was not going to work, it's like a marriage that doesn't work. I lost everything and had to start all over again. And it's very painful. Now I didn't give up because I knew that it was my, it was like a mistake that you make the first time out of bat. I've made many amateur mistakes and that's why I'm telling you don't do that. If you're going to have investors in a business, you need a contract that serves as a prenup that has an out for the investor and that has an out for you. And that you're both clear what that out is and that it feels comfortable. Sometimes when you're early, when you're in your career and you want money desperately and you go, oh, everything's gonna be fine. Like you tell yourself a story because you want the money so bad. But in fact, if you don't do this work, it's gonna bite you. It's really gonna bite you because I'm just telling you from my own experience, you have to, you're gonna have to start all over again and that's painful. Okay, what's the next thing in a business? You have to bring in more revenue continually. And the way to do that is, I say here, diversity is the key to bringing in more revenue. And by that, I mean, Diversity in your workforce and diversity in everything you do. Meaning, I don't mean that if you're a white company, you, you bring in multicultural people. That's important too because multicultural people are the number one consumer in America. So you want your company to look like the consumer. I also mean diversity in skills. You know, getting people in the door that aren't like you. We all want to hire people like ourselves, but we might need people that are good at social media or good at the internet or good at the shared economy, good at sales. People in a company have to have diverse skills. 
a company has to have diverse voices. And then clearly, if you know who your customer is, you have to have your customer base reflected in your business. So I say here diverse skill sets, diverse culture. And what does that do in your business? It enables innovation and creativity, brings different perspectives and points of view, brings cultural knowledge so you can connect with diverse consumers and captures growth opportunities. Diverse companies make more money and have a competitive edge. And so how do you do that? You diversify your client base. What does that mean? You, you have to have clients that are corporate clients, government clients, nonprofit clients, diverse and multicultural consumer clients, international clients. Don't put all your eggs in like the same people that you think are buying from you now. Think who else doesn't know I exist? And you know, maybe you do a deal with a, with a corporation and that gives you a certain kind of stability and a certain kind of respect and you do business with a nonprofit because it also makes you, you know, you get in there and you're helping people that are helping people. You work with government clients, which is a whole other ball of wax. You need to think beyond this box that you create for yourself of what you think your business is in order to grow. You have to start thinking bigger, bigger. If you've gotten yourself here, why can't you get here? You do it by diversifying your client base. You also can do it by expanding to diverse markets, meaning international. Have you, so, have you thought of doing your work internationally? Have you thought of international government contracts? Have you thought of going to Latin America, China, India, all these diverse countries, or even going to other cultural bases in the United States? Let's say you're Latino and you're selling your products among Latinos. Can you sell them to African Americans? Can you sell them to Asians? These are all things that the Department of Commerce can help you with, and your local Chamber of Commerce will help you with this. It's again, this is your core, this is your little box that you've created. How do you start like an octopus, expanding out and bringing in more revenue? And then obviously, marketing your business better. We talked about doing reality TV. We've also talked about you as an owner becoming an expert in your field. You do that through leveraging social media, joining organizations and volunteering to speak about your business, becoming an expert, letting people know that you're an expert, and then creating a marketing and PR budget, letting people know about your business, not being the best kept secret. So let's review everything we've learned. You can run a business that actually makes you money, a lot of money. Remember, money buys you freedom receivables, collect your money, number one way people go under. You can borrow money, but you gotta pay it back. Make sure that you understand clearly what is your debt structure. You can also, you can also get investors in your company and bring them in if you're ready to do that and scale your business. You can also go after hidden money in America. Right under your nose, there's money there for you. Remember to diversify your business, your staff, your clients, your market, and don't forget to market your business. Cultivate and amplify your brand. Moneymaker is a production of Money News Network. Moneymaker is written and hosted by me, Nelly Galan. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Thanks for listening. See you next time.